that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? The word apostasy means a conscious abandonment of allegiance or duty. In other words, the abandonment of our duty toward authority or our duty toward God is actually what the word apostasy means. Now, very early in the history of the church, the church made the decision to abandon its duty or allegiance toward God or to abandon its duty towards authority. And so what I want to talk about with this series is the apostate church. And you know, it's going to be a number of series, so be sure and watch each one because I'm going to touch on different subjects as we go along and discuss this uh, apostasy that has occurred in the church the churches that dot our land. Now, I think you're familiar with the fact that the churches that dot our land today do not remotely resemble the church that Jesus built. I mean, if you could go somehow go back in time and actually see or walk in the days that Jesus walked, you would be amazed. You would say, well, this, I mean, I don't even see the resemblance of what is going on today. For example, Jesus Christ was a Jew. He kept the seventh-day Sabbath. Jesus never went to church on a Sunday on the first work day of the week. Jesus never celebrated a Christmas or an Easter or Halloween celebration or April Fool's Day or any of those other days. He never celebrated. He kept the annual holy days, found the Feast of Jehovah. That's what they're referred to in the Bible. These are the Feast of Jehovah. He kept the annual feast days. So what we've got to understand is that the churches today do not remotely resemble the church that Jesus Christ built. Now, why is that? Shouldn't that be of some concern to people? That as we look around at the churches that dot our land, and then we look at the original church, we look at the Bible, the church that Jesus built, and we realize, man, something is missing here. Something, there, there's not even a connection here. Jesus did not teach that people go to heaven when they die. In fact, Jesus said, no man has ascended to heaven. Jesus preached the resurrection from the dead. So, I mean, you know, Jesus taught, think not that I've come to destroy the law. Don't even let it enter your pea brain mind that I have come to destroy the law. Guess what everybody thinks? Guess what most religious people think? That he came to destroy the law? 
Jesus said, no man has ascended to heaven. Guess where everybody thinks you go when you die? Most religious people? Yeah, heaven. Jesus said he was Lord of the Sabbath day. Guess what day nearly every Christian thinks he's Lord of? Yeah, you guessed it, Sunday, the first work day of the week. Now, I want you to understand something. You were born into a ready-made world of religion. You didn't make this stuff up. You didn't, I mean, you were born in it. You had no control over it. You didn't make it up. You didn't say, hey, I think it would be really cool if we worship for one hour on the first work day of the week, then fly, light out of church and light up a cigarette and go back to work and do our own things and we're touch bases with the Lord. You didn't make that up. No, no, your world of churchianity made that up for you. You did not make it up. You didn't make this stuff. You didn't say, hey, I think, uh, you know, I think we ought to worship Jesus' birthday like this. We ought to, let's see, swap gifts and uh, uh, put a tree up and deck it out with gold and silver and, and fasten it to the floor so it doesn't move, you know. And, uh, you know, we ought to do it. And we ought to, you know, we'll say it's all about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's good. We'll say it's Christ Mass or Christmas or Jesus was born on this day. You didn't make this stuff up. You were born into a world of ready-made religion. And one of the things that it dawned on me is that it's not an issue of becoming an apostate church. That's really not the issue because you can't fall away unless you first stood on your two feet. Now, it's not an issue of becoming an apostate church. The real issue is being born into an apostate church. Let me tell you something. It's harder to unlearn you know, when it comes to religious deception, it's harder to unlearn than it is to learn something, you know, just new right off the bat. Once you have learned something, once you have been programmed, once you have been spoon-fed churchianity, once you come into the world and a hole is drilled in your head and someone pops a funnel in there and they pour in churchianity, it will be much harder to unlearn that, unlearn that stuff. Are you with me on that? It's going to be much harder to unlearn that. So, the apostate church, apostasy, a conscious abandonment of allegiance or duty toward God. One of the hardest areas to admit that we've been lied to is the Bible. Yet the truth is, you have been lied to about the Bible. Just think about some of the assumptions that are out there about religion. Now, here are just a few. Jesus abolished the law. Jesus went to church on Sunday. Jesus celebrated Christmas. Jesus celebrated Easter. Man has an immortal soul. Lost people go to hell and burn forever. Saved people go to heaven. Today is the only day of salvation. These are all areas that we assume to be absolute truth, yet they're not absolute truth. All of these statements are lies. We've built our faith on assumptions. Now, the real question is this. Did Jesus build his church on a foundation of lies? And if the answer to that question is no, then somebody has to be wrong. All right. Three dynamics. 
to apostasy, that is the abandonment of our allegiance and duty to God, God's authority. We talked about rebellion, the carnal mind. We talked about confusion, how we love to be confused as religious people. The third one is pretense, a form of godliness. And you see this, you just come on a television, television evangelist, and you'll see pretense up one side and down the other. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's just, we love pretense of religion. We love a good show. We like to be entertained, do we not? We love to be entertained as religious people. We really do. You know, and there's all types of pretense out there. One is the erudite, you know, the, the intelligentsia. Sometimes we're impressed with this type of pretense. And uh, let me illustrate it for you. In order to do it, you've got to put on some glasses and put them on the very end of your nose to get this right, like this. Because you've got to look spiritual. And this looks spiritual, you know, right here. Spiritual, you know. And you know, you say things like, you say, well, Jesus said, they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. Well, I don't know about that. Put your lips out, you know, stuff like that. And, and a lot of people will, man, that guy's really spiritual. I like that. Man, that's some good stuff there, you know. But all of this is pretense. And I've actually heard that, that somebody, I don't know if they were kidding, but they told me that there's a, that in, in seminary class, sometimes they actually teach you how to talk spiritual. You know, how to pronunciate your words and how to say words a certain way and how to seem, you know, a, a very spiritual. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but it probably is. In other words, they teach about pretense. How to look religious, you know. Then you have you know, all kinds of pretense out there. Then You ever heard the screamer? The screamer? You know, God has a ram in the thicket. And I'll tell you, he went up, he did not go down. That's pretense. Yeah, they keep you awake anyway. They keep you awake. And then you have the gaspers. The gaspers. You know, the Gaspers, you ever heard the Gaspers? I'm like, they're, they're driving me crazy, the Gaspers. But, uh, you know, it's something like, uh, let me try to get this right here. Uh, uh, God should let the spiritual sheet come down upon your head and let you die in your sin. And God, uh, and you ever know that the Gaspers, um, they never say anything. You can listen to a, that whole gasping episode and, and you think, okay. Oh, well, okay, what did he say? I didn't say anything. People love this stuff. My mother tells about some ignorant woman said her minister could jump two feet off the ground. Yeah, two feet off the ground. Yeah. You see, here's the problem. The pretense becomes the center of worship. The pretense becomes the center of worship. Now, you know, all those three, I, I'm not, I didn't just make those three up. I've actually heard those three illustrations. I just took their words and the way they, they said them. You know, I'm just mimicking the pretense of religion that I have heard, of preachers I've heard. You know, and I know people say, well, you shouldn't make fun of other religious people, you know. But well, why not? Why not? Why not? You know, I think that a lot of what you see on TV, that a lot of these men were Hollywood-bound, men and women. They were Hollywood bound. Hollywood rejected them. 
and they turn to religion as a means of expressing themselves. Now, if you're a man of God and you're sincere and that's not you, then you're not going to be offended by that. But if you are offended by that, I hope you are. Because, I mean, I just really think we, it's time for us as the lay people, and I really do consider myself a lay person. Um, I never wanted to be, you know, a preacher. Didn't ask for that. Didn't sign up for that. Didn't desire that. Didn't want that. Okay. But I think it's time for us, the lay people, just to start standing up and say, hey, we're not putting up with this hogwash anymore. And just walk out. Just walk out. All the pretense, all the pablum, all of the nonsense that you hear out there, all of the silly way of talking and the silly way of dressing and the robes and the, you know, it's just, 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 just downright silly. We don't just abandon some of this stuff and say, I'm not tolerating this stuff anymore. Okay. So the danger here in this third dynamics of um, apostasy is pretense. It dominates our culture, by the way. The pretense becomes the center of worship. Not what the man says. Not what the man preaches. Not what the Bible says. The pretense becomes the center of worship. Okay, next time, we're going to talk about the theology of apostasy. The theology of apostasy. Okay, the theology of apostasy it almost sounds like a contradiction there to, to put those words together. Theology of, of the conscious abandonment of allegiance and duty toward God. How can you have a theology about that? Well, absolutely. You see, religious people will not just come out and say, look, I'm going to abandon my duty toward God. Get used to it, God. They're not going to say that. If there's something that a religious person doesn't want to do, they're not just going to tell God, I'm not going to do that, God. No, they build a theology. And they can, they can take scriptures out of the Bible. They can proof text. Proof text is when you take one scripture to disprove 40 others that say something the exact opposite. You know, you know you, you, they take one scripture and, uh, to prove a doctrine. You know, they pr to prove a doctrine, one scripture. One scripture discredits all the others, you know. All the other scriptures that says that one scripture isn't true, you know, that's proof texting. Okay, so uh, people do this all the time. So the theology of apostasy, uh, again, uh, let's, let's begin by turning to 2 Peter 3 and verse 16. And look at what Peter said about Paul. Okay, he says, and also in all his epistles, speaking, Peter speaking of Paul, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. Yes, Peter is saying that Paul is hard to be understood, that people will twist his scriptures to say something totally different. And so there's a warning here uh, that Paul is hard to be understood. Let's continue on. Which they that are unlearned and unstable rest or pervert as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So the warning is that people would take Paul's writing because it's hard to be understood. Paul's writings are hard to be understood. And they would twist them. They would pervert them unto their own destruction. Because there's the warning right there. Okay. Well, let's notice what he said, Peter said that would happen. Next verse, verse 17. He says, You therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, be aware, beware, lest you also be led away with the error of the wicked. 
and fall from your own steadfastness. Okay, what were these people who took Paul's writings and twisted them, perverted them, what were they doing? Well, this says, beware lest you be led away with the error of the wicked. Guess what that word wicked means? It means lawless. So let's read it the way it would actually read here with the original understand original interpretation here. It says also it says beware lest you also be led away with the error of the lawless fall from your own steadfastness. Lawless. So what is the theology of a apostasy? It is lawlessness. It is a conscious abandonment of the allegiance or duty to the law of God. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, what am I talking about? Okay, if you want to hear this type of apostate church, apostasy, all you got to do is just go to church. You know? And you'll hear things like, well, the law's been nailed to the cross. The law's been abolished. Jesus fulfilled the law. We're not under the law. Which really means, you know, not being under the law means you're not under the penalty of the law. In other words, when you break it, it doesn't claim your life because of God's grace. That's all that means. It doesn't mean that you're not under God's authority. What Christian would not want to place himself under God's authority? Well, <laughs> You know, I'm being silly there when I ask that question. There's a lot of Christians that don't, that don't want to place themselves under. But what about the Lordship of Jesus Christ? What does that mean to you? The Lordship of Jesus Christ. Placing yourself under His authority. So when we talk about not being under the penalty of the law, or not being under the law, it means not being under the penalty. If you break it, it doesn't claim your life. But you're still under God's authority. And what authority does God have? You think the law might be connected to that authority. Oh, well, obviously it is. I mean, what did Jesus mean when he said this? He said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Jesus said his Father has a will. All right, what the, might that will be? You reckon we could ever get a clue about that will from maybe the, I hate to say it, <clears throat> the Ten Commandments? Uh, the law of God. Oh, I said it. Uh, okay. That's a, maybe we could get the, the Father's will? Maybe it has something to do with the law of God, the Ten Commandments. I think it does. What did Jesus mean when he said, in Matthew 7 and verse 22, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works. Notice this. <coughs> Excuse me. Notice this. These are religious people. And these religious people are saying, Lord, Lord. Isn't it great to know the Lord? They're saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied inspired preaching? in your name. Have we not cast out devils? This is religious stuff, by the way. In your name. 
Have we not done many wonderful works in your name? And then, notice this, verse 23. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Do you know what that word iniquity means? It means unrighteousness. It's anomia. It's a negative. It's, it's, it's no law. Lawlessness. You that work lawlessness, sin, iniquity, unrighteousness. Now, they were religious people. They said they loved Jesus. They called him Lord. And Jesus says, I don't know you. Because you are lawless. Lawless. You know, and I come back to this, the theology of, apost of, of apostasy. It is lawlessness. It is a conscious abandonment of the allegiance or duty to the law of God. That's where we are as a nation. You know, if our nation would keep one of the Ten Commandments, just one, just be honest, don't bear false witness, you know, what a difference it would make in our society. If our nation would just keep one commandment, adultery, don't commit adultery, you know, you think about the money that would be saved in the marriage, you know, divorce courts and dysfunctional family systems because of divorce and, 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 and all of the, you know, just what a blessing it would be if our society kept one of the Ten Commandments. Imagine if they kept all of the Ten Commandments. Imagine if religious people actually believed and kept and stood up for the Ten Commandments of God, the law of God. But instead, we have a theology of apostasy lawlessness and we have as a country we have a, an apostate church that has abandoned its allegiance and duty to the law of God and boy are we going to pay dearly for that and you know you don't want to be one of those people that, that Jesus says yeah yeah you know you did all kinds of religious stuff but I never knew you because you were a no-law theology type of person. And a lot of religious people fall into that category. And I say, shame on you. One of the hardest areas to admit that we've been lied to is the Bible. Yet the truth is, you have been lied to about the Bible. Just think about some of the assumptions that are out there about religion. Now, here are just a few. Jesus abolished the law. Jesus went to church on Sunday. Jesus celebrated Christmas. Jesus celebrated Easter. Man has an immortal soul. Lost people go to hell and burn forever. Saved people go to heaven. Today is the only day of salvation. These are all areas that we assume to be absolute truth, yet they're not absolute truth. All of these statements are lies. We've built our faith on assumptions. Now, the real question is this. Did Jesus build his church on a foundation of lies? And if the answer to that question is no, 
then somebody has to be wrong. Order your free copy of You've Been Lied To About the Bible. Order by writing to Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, visit us on the web at Is That Really in the Bible? .org. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.